Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And happy time zone. Welcome to this episode of LGBTQ Laughing, Growing, Bantering, and Talking Queerness. We are coming to you from the LGBTQ Plus Culture Center on Indiana University Bloomington's campus. I'm Maureen. I use your pronouns and the graduate assistant in the LGBTQ Plus Culture Center. Um, I am also a straight cis woman. And I am Kate. I am the undergraduate assistant in the LGBTQ Plus Culture Center where I manage our trainings. I also use she, her, and I, um, yeah, I'm a trans lesbian. There we go. That's what I was going to say. Glad we, should, glad we got we, that figured it out. Should we retake um, that? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're fine. Um, if, so I today, remember my, if I can remember my own labels, that'd be nice, but. You know, in this podcast about labels, <laughs> sometimes we forget who we are as people. It's fine. Um, but today's topic is about queerness. I mean, today we're uh, literally talking queerness, right? <laughs> yes. Directly talking queerness. We've kind of been indirectly talking about it for six episodes. Yeah. Um, so this is really exciting. We're going to talk about it in a couple of different contexts. Um, as usual, we will start with what it is and what are we talking maybe, about, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and go from there. So it's important to set up this paradigm, um, that this word is used in a variety of languages, but I think there's like two more specific ones that we wanted to highlight. Sure. So, um, the usage of the word queer as kind of this umbrella term for LGBTQ plus culture um, and like an overarching term is what I right, mean by yeah, umbrella that's term. Sort of, that sort of encompasses the whole group, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's also this piece of people who use it as an identity descriptor for their specific, to describe their specific sexuality or gender. Yeah, so people who people who for whom queer is their label sort of like instead of you know lesbian or gay or bi or trans or whatever um, they use the label queer yes and I think that this is really interesting in how and that it exists in these two different aspects of this paradigm um, yeah because like why would you choose to use the umbrella term to also describe yourself I think is um is it kind of this important thing for us to talk about um, is why you would sure. pick something that is so broad to define something that is so personal. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of good reasons for that. Um, you know, I think primarily, um, well, actually, you know, before we get, before we dive too deep into that, I want to make sure we have the full context here. Um, I would imagine that most people know this, but I just want to make sure we ex explain it sort of explicitly. Um, so queer is a reclaimed slur. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we talked, we talked about slurs yesterday, or not yesterday, um, last episode. That's what mm -hmm. I meant. Um, Time is and hard. we talked a little bit about, um, we're not even recording. It wasn't even yesterday that we recorded the previous episode. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, Welcome to our organized lives. <laughs> um, so we talked a little bit about like reclaiming slurs last time. Um, and this is, this is an example of that. Um, Queer is a is a slur that was used, well, and still is used um, against basically anybody um, perceived to be in the LGBTQ community. Um, but now it has been reclaimed in a lot of contexts um, as that umbrella term, and then also um, specifically as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that on this subject, um, like I mentioned before, like I'm a straight cis woman and I am not someone who like would be the owner of a reclaimed term. Like, and I, I like struggled with using this word for a long time and I'm still not hundred percent convinced that it's like the most appropriate word for me to use, but I say it. Um, and I think one thing that I'd like to know, and if like people have feelings about me saying it, you know, like, you know, tell me obviously. Um, but I think the difference between, um, reclaimed terms that are able to be used kind of more generally, um, and reclaimed terms that are not okay to be used in that general context, um, or like general sense is the context and the ways in which they're used to describe what they define, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, I think, honestly, I mean, I think it's up to sort of the consensus of the marginalized group, you know, as to like, what is, what is appropriate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, LGBTQ plus people have, at least collectively, right? I mean, I'm obviously, I can't speak for everybody. Um, but at least collectively have sort of said, okay, you know, this is a label that we're using to describe ourselves as a group and sort of extended that permission in a general sense, right? Yeah. Especially with like the generation that I'm a part of, I think. Right, yeah, it's, it's very I'm different and different. Pretty young, like it's a very normalized kind of way to describe in, inside and outside of this community. And right. that plays a big role, I think too. For sure. Um, so yeah, that was, that was very important, but also very off topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to get back on topic, circle back to it. Um, the, the thing we are going to talk about is why someone would choose um, to use a very broad topic or very right. broad label to define something that is so personal and individual. Right. Um, you know, I, I mean, I would say primarily um, people, people use it to describe themselves specifically for that reason. Um, you know, the, we, we've talked before about how labels can carry a lot of weight um, and a lot of stereotypes and a lot of expectations and that sort of thing. Um, and so queer is sort of the ultimate rejection of that. It's like saying, yeah, I'm, I'm different and you don't get any more information than that unless you know me personally, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of that, it's sort of flipping that paradigm on its head, at least as much as you can. Um, and saying like, yeah, no, you don't get to have expectations of me because you don't even really know you know, the first thing about my identity, other than that mm-hmm. it's not straight or not cis or not LO, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Um, we also could think about this um, term as being separate from, or like not as directly linked to kind of like heteronormative terms and labels or binary terms and labels sure. yeah. um, and provides flexibility in that sense. Um, but like also, you know, whatever the reason is, is super cool and fine. And we would never, ever be able to list all of them. Yeah, of course. Um, And also gender queer um, in and of itself, like the the gender, the label gender queer specifically um, has taken on like several different meanings and interpretations. And that's Mm -hmm. just going to vary depending on who you, you know, who you talk to. But um, one of them is one interpretation 
um, is that genderqueer is basically anything. It, it, it's sort of almost a synonym for non-binary. Um, yes. In that, you know, it's it's everything that's not exclusively man nor exclusively woman. Um, for others, genderqueer is is a more it's a much more specific term. Um, if you if you attend one of my training workshops, this is how I specifically define the word in my in my training workshops, um, which is that it's like some sort of defined gender um, that is neither man nor woman um, and does not exist between them. Um, so it's sort of a separate, like a, a separate thing um, that is, you know, a point of reference. Um, so just just different different definitions, different interpretations for different contexts. Yes, and I think that's something that's kind of beautiful about this word is for that sure. it is so like versatile and has so many different meanings. Um, but I think going back to this like usage as this umbrella term and this um, term used to identify culture is this conversation that we kind of want to have about the like you know, regular dictionary definition of the word queer, which is like strange or odd or out mm -hmm. there and the relationship between, you know, being queer and being normal. Um, hint, hint, this is a precursor into what we'll be talking about more <laughs> next semester, um, but we want to tie it in for you. So this idea of queer also being used as a term that's like means odd or strange or out there um, sure. or out of the, I, I, uh, out of the ordinary, excuse me, um, also back to that othering piece sets it up as different from normal queerness is not normal like that is kind of like an implication of right um using this word and it again can have those negative like being queer because it's not normal it's bad like things that are not normal are bad is typically the way that we think about things like being right. different is bad so being queer is bad so there's this very deep connection i think between um this community being an outgroup to normal heteronormative kind of culture. Yeah, um, and I think honestly that that sort of implied definition of weirdness or otherness um, is part of what draws a lot of people to use the label queer. Um, and at the same time, it's also what pushes a lot of people away. You mm -hmm. know, um, that that whole concept of the self as different from the group um, carries a lot of weight for different people, both in a, in a good way and in a, in a, and in a bad way. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that shows up in a lot of the patterns that we see, you know, with people who, who like the word and who don't like the word and um, those who use it as a specific label and those who don't, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really interesting too, when we're thinking about this is, and I like the way that you said it, that, you know, this definition being affiliated with, you know, the idea of being out of the ordinary um, is what draws people to it because yeah. something that's really amazing about humans in general is that we can celebrate being different and we can celebrate, you can celebrate your identities in any way that you choose and working towards this idea that, you know, being different isn't a bad thing. Being different right. is something to be celebrated. It's something to get really excited about, I think. Sure. Or at least like I would get on a soapbox and talk about it <laughs> for 
however long. Um, we'll have plenty of chances to do that next semester. Yeah, we will. We're going to spend a whole a whole semester talking about this topic. Um, but the connection, I think, between like this idea of normalcy and this idea of labels could go in, in many directions. Um, but I think one thing that we should start off with is this idea that like being having a label and labels existing especially to define something as complicated as human beings um, indicates that there is a way to be something and a way to not be that thing mm. and the way to be something is the normal way sure. so fitting within the label fitting within the definition um, is the way is the correct way to be and being outside or falling outside of what is normal in those like normal labels which in this context would be labels that are applied to non-queer folks is the norm. Um, and anything outside of that is not the norm and is bad. And I think that that's how I've been thinking about how they've been connected. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting perspective. So um, it's almost like, so within society, there is like a normal and then a not normal, mm -hmm. right? And then when, when we start to more thoroughly investigate that not normal, um, we start to see some labels and some definitions pop up, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then what ends up happening is each of those labels and the culture surrounding it develops its own normal, mm -hmm. right? Um, even things like, you know, if you, if you exist in online lesbian spaces a lot, you'll probably encounter like the cottagecore aesthetic quite a lot, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. If you don't know what that is, just Google it. It's, it's, <laughs> you'll understand very quickly. But um, the, you know, even within lesbian spaces, there is sort of a normal that develops and, and, and in the same way with other, with other, you know, labels. Um, so it's really interesting to see how, like the effects of that, right? Because in some ways it's good because it serves as like a sort of a base um, for people who need to, I mean, as humans, we need to feel included, right? And Absolutely. so having a normal, a sense of normal within the marginalized group um, is great because it, it helps people feel included, but except when it doesn't, right? Because right. not everybody mm -hmm. fits that. Um, so, you know, how, and, and you know, when, it, when it's something, you know, as relatively trivial as cottagecore or not versus not cottagecore, right? That's not super important, but there's also like, we talk and we'll get into this more next semester, but um, you know, there, there develop norms about other things too, about, you know, the ways you describe yourself or the ways that you are quote unquote allowed to behave or um, in trans spaces, there might be norms about what the quote unquote correct way to transition is, right? And those things can start to be harmful. Yeah. And those are like closely aligned with when we think back to our first episode of this semester, when we talked about what is a label and how we create definitions and, and those things oftentimes included in those definitions of it's these normal. labels is what is normal to yeah. be in this space. So um, with something like queer as the label you're using or as the umbrella term, um, there are, there is a definition of what it is, you know, you can look it up, you can kind of put one together based on your own experiences. Um, 
but that normal both exists like within the culture and outside of it and thinking about them I think thinking about like normality and labels together um is this really interesting paradigm like as people were obsessed with categorizing stuff right like that's how we that's how we learn um and that's you know one of the reasons that labels exist is because they help us understand the world around us and um, make sense of all of these concepts and things that exist um, and these labels and, and learning those like more strict definitions that would limit what it means to be normal based on those definitions I think can be helpful from an educational context like it's much easier to look at the term queer and say okay queer is an umbrella term for the LGBTQ right. plus community and then from there, you learn that and you're like, okay, that's cool. I can wrap my brain around that. And then you're like, oh, queer also means X, Y, and Z things. And using this concrete definition, I can wrap my mind around it and I can learn about what this means. Um, and, and that will extend kind of our knowledge of, of what it means to be normal. Um, although now that I'm saying this, and I hope this is like a conclusion that is obvious to other people too, is, you know, if we have to keep extending these definitions Mm -hmm. so that we can make sure we have an accurate definition, um, I think we could probably assume that there's like infinite ways (laughs) to define these things. Sure. And so we should always be learning about these, you know, definitions for these labels and terms um, so that we are using them appropriately um in whatever context we happen to be existing in yeah um i want to i want to loop back to something that you just sort of it was sort of offhand mentioned but um it it reminded me of a story um that i want to share so um you were talking about like categorization right Mm -hmm. um and like people love to put things in boxes and i i definitely agree with that um so that's that's sort of my that's sort of my tie-in introduction. I'm going to start talking about something different and then make okay. it make sense. Um, <laughs> um, so I encountered um, a group. It was two people who were working together, and they were doing um, LGBTQ plus trainings um, at a different IU campus. And so I attended one of their trainings online, um, and I stuck around afterwards and was like, "Hey, you know, I do this work at Bloomington." whatever, do you want to like chat and catch up and whatever. And one of the things we started talking about was um, throughout their presentation, they used the language identified as or identifies as quite a lot. Um, and one of the thing, one of the pieces of feedback I gave to them was, you know, that can feel a little bit invalidating to some people um, because it feels like it's like you're saying, there's like sort of this level of implication of like, oh, you know, you know, you're not really that, but you identify that way. So we're going to like pretend to respect that. Right. Um, and of course that's not at all the, the direction they were coming from with that language. Um, but what they explained to me, which I thought was really interesting, um, is that that language, their use of that language was actually an artifact from them, both of them having a background as researchers. Um, so when they were working in like academic paper, writing academic papers and writing research and stuff, um, they were always make they always made sure to say identifies as because they have in order in the pursuit of like academic clarity they have to say you know this this person self-identified this information um it's not a label that we're applying to them um so i thought that was a really interesting 
sort of dichotomy of like the different ways that we think about language in different contexts um, in terms of like, you know, what does, what do these labels mean? What do, what does, nor what, what, how do we define these groupings um, and the way they relate to each other? I think that I really resonated with that for folks who don't know, because I'm a grad student, I do research sometimes. Um, and it definitely, it definitely is that way when you read an academic paper, or even if you're like giving someone a survey and saying, you know, please select how you identify, even the right. language and how you ask that question is set up that way. Um, and I think that's really like hard to understand and to, it kind of goes back to this idea of ownership of your labels mm. and, um, and what you said earlier with the word queer, you know, you know, maybe the label that is public. And I think we've talked about the difference between public and private labels. Yeah, yeah right. Briefly mentioned it before, but, um, I think that language of identifies as could also be interpreted in this context of like, what is, what are the labels that I'm choosing to give these people when I, oh, yeah. I respond to these surveys? And if I just say I'm queer, you know, maybe that's, I don't want to say like say a safer choice necessarily, but like a choice that isn't as hard to make emotionally because it is mm. so broad. So I don't have to put as much of myself on this piece of paper or this, you know, digital form that I'm, that I'm putting sure. out as, yeah, yeah. um, and I think that's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah, well, at that point, identifies becomes a like, I mean, it's always a verb, but it becomes a verb in the very literal sense, right? Mm -hmm. Like saying they identify as like, sort of takes on this new meaning of like, okay, they like, this label is the label that they are volunteering. And so identify mm -hmm. as becomes that, that process of actually giving the label, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And I think maybe a way that's easier to think about it if you've been, if this is a new thing is like when you go and get your driver's license picture taken and they ask like, what is your, your eye <laughs> color? And I struggle to answer that question. Right, I have no idea what my eye whatever. Is. So I, I write something down and it's correct-ish, you know, <laughs> um, but it's what one of the choices that was available to me. Yeah. And, um, and that, you know, means I didn't have to think about it too much by just like picking like, oh yeah, my eyes are green. It's fine. You know, they're not sure. exactly. Um, <laughs> maybe, but, they're, maybe they're yellowy hazel, but right, like, maybe right? what, like, what am I trying to do? What, I um, what does the outside look? But right. um, I think that's a really interesting, interesting way to think about these like labels as um, almost also as like a tool that we yeah. use. Yeah. And we've, um, we've, we've touched on that idea before but mm -hmm. um yeah go ahead I don't know that I had anything else to add but I like to think of things as tools that's like a theme sure. in my life I think it's really useful to think about things in terms of tool of, of being tools um because it implies that in some situations one thing is appropriate and in other situations like I wouldn't mm. use a hammer to screw in a screw you know <laughs> like that I would just break my drywall and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a secure like join for anything. Right. Um, so I think it's really helpful to think about these things as tools, especially as um, hopefully you've noticed over the past seven, six episodes 
that uh, labels are not always amazing. No, they're not. <laughs> um, no, they're they're not. They're messy great. and they're confining sometimes, and they're confusing, and there's too many of them, and there's also not enough of them. Right. You know, <laughs> right. they're everything all at once. So thinking of them as a tool maybe is a way to come to terms with all of those like inconsistencies and uncomfortableness of having an imperfect concept mm. used to define things. Um, and queer, I think is another really good example of it. Yeah. Like we mentioned at the beginning, we talked kind of broadly about two ways that it's used. Um, and we gave succinct definitions that are not perfect Right. Um, and you know, you could be listening and think, well, actually I think this and like, yes, absolutely. You are hundred percent. Right. right. I agree. Whatever you're thinking, um, <laughs> as long as it's not mean, I agree. Um, so yeah, no, I mean like that, that's part of the problem is like when you're, when you're working with labels or even when you're talking about normalcy, right. There's no possible way to define everything. Yeah. You know, you mm -hmm. just have to give something that's close enough and run with it. Absolutely. And hopefully, I think this semester, our goal was to look at some of these identity factors, like through the lens of labels. Yeah. Um, and that is just one of many, many labels, not labels, oh my gosh, of lenses that go. can be applied to looking at these identity factors. Um, and next semester, we'll be using a different lens, which is like what it means to be normal. Um, to look at identity factors through that lens, which I think I'm really excited about. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think it'll, I think we'll be able to touch on similar topics in a different way. And we'll also be able to touch on stuff that we weren't really able to look at very closely this semester. Absolutely. Um, do you have anything else to add or should we jump to some takeaways? No, I think we should jump to takeaways. Awesome. So takeaways from this episode, Queer has a lot of definitions. Some yeah. of them are broad, some of them are narrow. Um, yeah. It's really important to understand um, like the use of terms and reclaiming terms and what that means and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Um, and also to be respectful of people who continue to reject or not use reclaimed terms. For sure. Um, it's, it's really important to do those things. Um, there are really big connections between being queer and what is seen as normal and queer is set up in a way that it is auto anything queer is automatically um, due to the definition of the label um, set up as this othering kind of out of the ordinary identity piece um, and I think that that's it yeah um, the other big takeaway is just sort of this connection between labels and normalcy right um, I really like that idea that that we came, I don't remember who originally said it, but it was like this idea of um, like different labels have their own idea of normal within them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think that's really important too. It is. And I'm, we're definitely going to get into that next semester. For so sure. Please join us for our next semester podcast where we talk about uh, what is normal. Our first episode will be talking about stereotypes, um, which is always exciting. Uh, but <laughs> Thanks for listening today. Uh, I'm Maureen. This is LGBTQ laughing, growing, bantering, and talking queerness out of the IUB uh, LGBTQ plus culture center. And I'm Kate. 
Uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll see you after winter break. Take care.